The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That was, wow, Scott. Okay, I'm going to go live. <laughs> vote in the, you have to vote in the poll. You have to vote okay. in the poll. Oh, and we're live. It is Tuesday. I'm such so bad at this. Tuesday, September 7th, 5.04 p.m. Eastern Time, 2.04 p.m. where Mike Godwin is, which I think is not in California somewhere. And we're not allowed to have fun anymore, but we are allowed to play Where's the Lie with the creator, the namer, the, the, gen, the person who came up with. Um, <laughs> Senator, I think you mean. I yeah, I just gave I up. I think you um, mean. So I, I tell my I tell my my daughter that since I'm the father of Godwin's law, she is the sister of Godwin's law. I've been walking around. Oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah that's weird. true. Yeah, I've been walking around naming things after myself my entire life, and no, it does not seem to. Have, it does not seem Can to. Have wait, wait, <laughs> I'm excited wait, for the clonic principle. Uh, or rather, the clonic doctrine. Uh, yeah, I, I think. exactly. Uh, um, yeah, so um, uh, can I just it's like say, the Charming Betsy, but like. The Charming <laughs> Betsy, of course, which is an um, international law case about how to interpret treaties in London. Oh, Niagara Falls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but but um, if you tell me something that you really want to have named after you, I will make it my business, at least to your face, uh, <laughs> calling it K the Kate. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. yeah. So I'll just name something. Okay. Okay. I'll, have, I, okay. I'll think about it. Yeah. That I think I. That's a really nice offer. That's a nice thing to do for a friend. Hey, to you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the fact that Genevieve didn't think of doing that, I think, is I telling. But. I know exactly. Not uh, on my A game today, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, as she approaches five days to her due date, like yeah, <laughs> I, think like, I can't believe you're, like you're still functioning. I'm yeah, yeah, really. I have no idea what the I. Nile like. is very powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, welcome to the show. It's nice to have you on for a whole episode. Uh, it's nice to be had. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what do you, what do you want to start with? Do you think, or I mean, you can have, do you know the rules of the game? Do we have to go over them? I think yeah, you have to because you do. Uh, you do because because I, I think I've only come in late on other versions of the game, and I stochastically generated what the rules probably were, but maybe you should just state them. Good use of stochastically. Uh, Yes, I, okay, so the rules are, um, you're not allowed to Google. Oh, well, first I should tell, say what I, we're doing. I, I can Google, surely. Okay, yeah, but, but, but um, the rules are that Mike tells a story, and we all listen, and then, and people vote in the poll as the, as the story is unfolded. And then at the end of the story, uh, we, the three panelists each get three questions, 
And then we bring on two more people from the or one or two people from the audience to to ask a question of of Mike or two questions of Mike. And then uh, we decide if whether or not it is true or a lie, the story that you're telling. And uh, the the question has come up of whether or not like one false thing like we'll turn the whole thing false. It has to be like a central, like the central thread of the story is like in some way, like essentially, however you measure that, like essentially, well, we will measure that if you if you tow the line, but essentially the, can, the story. Can I, just, be, yeah. can I just say something? No matter how progressive we are, ultimately we're gonna be essentialists. <laughs> um, uh, oh like yeah. It just, yeah, like when it, like we can be like, oh, it's all social constructed. It's all like pluralism, this and that. But when it all comes down to brass tacks about who, who, who you know, who won the game. And then I, yes. And then I have a quick question that's clarifying. In yeah. Mike's responses to our questions, he is allowed to fib, I believe. Also, yes, yes. yes. You, can, you can lie to us in our questions. Good, good point, Genevieve. And no one is allowed to Google or find if you are cheating and Googling, you cannot put it in the chat or you ruin the game and I will ban you faster than you can say due process. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, Mike. Hi. Uh, so um, have, ha just tell me, have I told you about my life as a Shakespearean actor? No. Oh. Oh, oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> it turns out that uh, I went to the University of Texas uh, and I, I, I had never, I never wanted to be an actor. I had acted in high school plays as kind of a lark and stuff. But uh, I remember uh, seeing uh, James Earl Jones play King Lear on PBS back in the 70s. And I thought, you know, that just looks like so much fun performing Shakespeare in the park. And I really hoped someday that I would find some excuse to do that, even though I didn't want to be an actor. And it turned out that at the University of Texas, there is a program um, called Shakespeare at Wyndale, where uh, an English professor would take a lot of people who are not actors, students, half men, half women, uh, and they would put on scenes and later plays, whole plays from scratch. And so we would not just be cast, we cast one another in roles, or we would each, we would all direct each other, we would create the music, we would sew the costumes. I have actually sewn my own costumes from time to time. This uh, is bullshit. Who would want to do this? This sounds who would terrible. Want to do this? <laughs> no, no, you know, well, you know, there's not a lot to do. This is out halfway between Houston and Austin out in the countryside, and it was performed in a converted barn. Aw. In the in the German Texas Hill Country, wait, and, wait! Uh, you just said it was bullshit, and then you went off. And, well, wait, yeah. Wait. I mean, yes. I, I was just I was mostly joking that his adorable like uh -oh, who would okay. want to who would want to sew their own Shakespeare costumes, but I, but I, obviously we, it is actually I, very adorable. Yes. Are we are we allowed to like talk about this and like as he's narrating it or does he? Does you can he be my just... interlocutors. Uh, it'll just mean that a I little. Fewer, yeah. Fewer yeah. Clues, but that's your loss, really. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, okay. You so can, we, there can be a little bit of chatter on the line while, okay. uh, well, gotcha. but, but Mike, continue. Yeah, so Steve says this is kind of like uh, slings and arrows. Yeah, no, slings and arrows. I haven't bonded with uh, uh, slings and arrows, the TV, uh, the Canadian TV show. Um, but in any case, uh, of course, as we all are, as we all are. Uh, but I, I went and performed. Uh, so I performed in um, in summer of '79. Uh, I was an undergraduate. I, I I was accepted to a six week program. One of the people who was uh, who was uh, in my class had been there uh, a previous summer and he was there in 79 and later went on to become ambassador to Zimbabwe. I'm not making this up. This is totally true. And you know, and we know, we know from when Jonathan Rouse says something's true, it obviously is true. So this is totally, so if I say something's true, it must be true. Wait, uh oh. <laughs> oh, that was a tricky I, lead. Wait. I, anyway, I, I, I to Zimbabwe. I actually, you know, the, who just retired. He's a civil servant. Now. He retired. Uh, civil what are we talking about anymore? What? Shakespeare. Well, we're talking about okay. Shakespeare. <laughs> first summer. summer. I, have to say, I have to say the slings and arrows Canadian TV show. Yes. How could you not know about slings and arrows? <laughs> Wait, is like that not true? paying attention. What's happening? All right. Anyway, well, that was 79. 79, I, I was really just learning how to do it. I, 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 I memorized a lot of lines of Shakespeare. And I said, I have to come back again. So I came back in 1980 and we did King Lear. First time we'd ever done a tragedy, a complete tragedy. I was Albany, uh, who was married to Goneril uh, and is one of the few survivors at the end of, of King Lear. And uh, then, and, and then, and, and, and then, in summer of '81, I was Leontes in *The Winter's Tale*. So I actually played a lead in a tragedy that was in which uh, my wife turns into a statue. That was a great story. Uh, but that's not really the part of the Shakespeare story that I want to tell you. What I did was I had a, I then took a hiatus. I went to. Well, I, I went to graduate school. I did my whole Kate Clonic thing where I go to like eight different graduate programs. Hey. <laughs> That's you know not what? the thing I want to be named after. <laughs> so it's the Clonic. It, it's it's is the Clonic. Uh, no. The Clonic uh, plan. <laughs> the Clonic plan. Anyway, I went to graduate school in a couple of different programs and then dropped out and eventually went to law school. And then after I came back to law school, also at the University of Texas, and I was editor of the student newspaper for a year. But then I said, I need to, after doing that and after being in law school, I need to take the summer off. What better thing to do when this time, by this time I was like 31, 32 years old. I'd spent a lot of time out learning the computer industry and so on. But I, um, I uh, went went back for a fourth summer. So this was and this was the summer of 1989. Ten years after I first went, I was a student again, uh, performing Shakespeare. And one of the plays we performed, we we performed Two Gentlemen of Verona. It was my second time that we had done Two Gentlemen of Verona. And first time I was a pirate. Second time I was the Duke. So I was promoted. Uh, at least that was the original plan. <laughs> But it turned out that one of the students who came with us was having problems with the class. He was having problems with the class. He didn't like memorizing his lines. And uh, 
you know, we were worried about him because, you know, we had to memorize all these lines of Shakespeare just in order to practice and perform, but this guy wouldn't um, memorize his lines, or he couldn't. He somehow couldn't make himself do it. And so uh, I was the oldest student in the class, and I felt like I had to counsel him. And he told me his story about how he was all broken up, you know, distracted because he'd broken up with his girlfriend who was maybe pregnant. So this is a lot of story. I, you know, I was and saying, this seems like too much story to explain your depression. But I, I figured it didn't matter whether he was uh, making it up or telling the truth. Uh, because he obviously wanted to leave, and he was, unfortunately, he was uh, Proteus in uh, The Two Gentlemen of Verona. So he was like the lead of Two Gentlemen of Verona, and if we sent him home, we would have to recast that role with someone who could learn a lot of lines in a hurry. Why would you? Okay, never mind. Keep, this can be one of my questions later. Okay, okay keep going. Can... So anyway, so we were talking, so I was talking to the guy and the guy had this really, you know, a lot of people uh, from Texas, uh, you know, were not so great with Shakespeare, but he was, he was learning these lines, trying to learn these lines and couldn't make himself learn the lines. And ultimately uh, I went and I talked to the professor who was running the program and I talked to the other students and I said, I think we have to send him home. I think we have to send him home. <laughs> And so uh, we did send him home. Um, and uh, then, you know, ultimately uh, a person who shall not be named was uh, cast to uh, take over the role. And that person learned a lot of lines in a hurry and performed as Proteus and two gentlemen of war. And uh, you can ask- Richard, me, This was the second time you did it. Yeah, this was the second time. Okay, guys, just wanna check. All right, so that was in 1989, eventually I graduate. <laughs> And then uh, I go every few years, we go back and we perform these reunion performances at Shakespeare at Wyndale, uh, old people running around in, in costumes that we made. With, with Texas accents doing Shakespeare. Yeah, well, you know, I have a Texas accent, but nobody seemed to have uh, a problem with, what, with my accent. So, um, and then uh, in, I guess it was 95 or 96 or one of the people I was there in 89 came up to me in, in Austin when I was visiting Austin. And he said, you know, that guy you sent home, Owen, you realize that was Owen Wilson. What the fuck? Really? Yeah. He said it was Owen Wilson. So um, uh, Owen Wilson was the guy who couldn't learn his lines. And uh, we sent him home. And then I had totally blocked out the fact that he'd gone through this traumatic experience. And then I had like seen Bottle Rocket. I had seen his early <laughs> movies, you know, and I knew that guy was vaguely familiar, but I had, you know, I knew that nose, you know, was. Uh, I mean, it's kind of unforgettable nose. Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, well, and, 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 and honestly, there's more been more of that nose over time. If, if you just watch it progress through the movies, but, um, I, uh, I, I think you're, I think you're thinking of Pinocchio. Well, no, he didn't lie. He might've lied a little bit about girlfriend. That's true. But, uh, but I don't think that's what caused the, the nose thing anyway. Uh, so the upshot of this is that, um, I want to Google I was so hard to... who Owen Wilson had knocked up I like was, in 1989. I was, 
1989, I was able to uh, adapt, you know, my own uh, performances uh, to help put the play on. We did three plays that summer. Uh, and uh, I performed as Proteus. Um, and uh, and then the guy I replaced went on to become a famous film star. Who? Uh, so uh, that is the story. How Owen Wilson's failure to learn Shakespeare gave me an opportunity to perform another lead role in a Shakespeare play. And somehow it kicked off his immensely successful comic actor film career, most recently in the important, critically important artistic achievement called the Loki miniseries. Named after, um, named after um, Genevieve. The Bell. God of Mischief. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, ask away. Okay. Did you have to memorize all of the lines? Yes. I had to memorize all of the lines and had just a few days to do it. I had to do it in about three days. Okay. Genevieve? What was your favorite line? Um, you know, the funny thing about that is that I actually remember Valentine's lines more because I kept hearing them. I'll take that, too. All right. Cease to persuade, loving Proteus. That is the opening line in Two Gentlemen of Verona. Don't look that up, but when you do, it'll be correct. I don't know. If someone had asked me and I was lying about Shakespeare, I would be like, get thee to a nunnery, no matter what they were asking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you know, it's funny. I, I have there are different speeches from different years that I remember very well and some that I don't remember quite so well. I was Romeo at one point. That was fun. Um, Scott. Um, so um, who is the dean of the University of Texas Law School when you were a student there? Udoff. No, what? Mark, U Mark Udoff. Okay. Ha. Good question, Scott. Okay. Um, I'm, 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 but Kate, we're trained to ask good questions. I know it is like our entire, we're all, you know, attorneys of yeah, law. No, I, I, I yeah. had a clerkship. I had a clerk. <laughs> I had a cl summer clerkship scheduled uh, with uh, Charles Allen Wright, who wrote uh, the, uh, who co-wrote the federal practice and procedure, the great, uh, civil procedure horn book and also a really good criminal procedure uh, horn book and i had to go tell uh, charlie wright that i was going to take the summer off i said i know you've accepted me to be a clerk but i'm going to go perform shakespeare and charlie said oh <laughs> he said you're definitely not going to get a chance to do that as a lawyer so you should go do that now <laughs> um, I been like, and I, and that's I nice see you later buddy i've got like thousand people waiting to be my clerk <laughs> now he, and then he had me clerk he had me clerk uh, uh in the in the main part of the year so i clerked the rest of my last year greek chorus if you would like to question mike godwin please put your name forward in the ask a question thing so we know yeah. who to pick from yeah okay so i get another question but do you want to go first genevieve uh, i want to think for a second i'm thinking so what part of this, I think that like, 
I have one. Have you performed yeah. Shakespeare anywhere else in the United States besides Texas? No, I think I have not. I think I have performed in multiple places in Texas, but not outside of Texas. Okay. Wait, was the Udoff question right, Scott? Um, I, 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 I don't know, except that I do know that Mark Udall was a University of Texas law professor and also then president of the university or chancellor, or whatever it was. So it strikes sure. me as highly likely that, um, that uh, Mike did go to law school at that time. Though, I, while thinking about it, I don't think it goes to the essence of the... Um, yeah. well, right. that's, the essentialist the analysis could take yeah. it. Do you have yeah, another no. question, Scott? Yeah, I, I, I do have another question. I want to know, was William Shakespeare the author of the plays or was it the Earl of Oxford? Oh, it's a, it was Shakespeare. It was the man from Stratford. Okay, okay. okay. That, that, I mean, Does that tell you it. on it? Interesting. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean how, how else would he know? The Oxfordians are all, they're like, the Oxfordians are the, are the anti-vaxxers of Shakespeare archive. Ooh. Ouch. Really? Is that true? Yeah. I don't know what that means. What? The, the, ones, <laughs> the ones who believe that the Earl of Oxford wrote Hamlet and all those things are as deluded and, and divorced from reality as the anti-vaxxers and in fact, have the same causal consequences in the world in terms of death and suffering. Oh, interesting. Yeah, although with the Oxfordians, the suffering involves hearing them explain the theory of how the Earl of Oxford wrote. <laughs> that's, that's the death and suffering. <laughs> oh, my God. Fair enough. Fair. Go oh, man. Okay, so we have uh, Mike Larkey's coming on, but I have, I want to know, like, where did you live? Did all of the actors, like, live in the same spot? Like, oh, great question. In, like, a great, like, a big boarding house? Like, where did they put you up somewhere? How'd you get paid? Like, how'd you eat food? Like, what was the whole arrangement? Oh, it's a really great question. So if you were accepted in the program, you were kind of, you had to pay an initial fee because you were registering for a course and you got course credit. So, like, a student... You were still a student and you got course credit. So if you look at my law school transcript, you see that there's this Shakespeare course in the middle of my law school transcript. Uh, but uh, it was it's paid for uh, by donors. It's a nonprofit and all the food was paid for by you know, by the, the donors who are typically charitable givers, mostly based in Texas. It was part of the network built up by the professor who originated Mike Larkey, welcome to the show. Hi. Please cast so, your withering questions upon Mike Godwin. <laughs> so you said you sold Bottle Rocket. How much of the rest of Owen Wilson's work have you seen? I, I've seen a ton of it. I mean, I've seen Wedding Crashers. I've seen, um, uh, I think he, he was in, uh, what was that space movie? Um, they're stopping the, wasn't, wasn't he in the, wouldn't he stop an asteroid from hitting the earth or something? I don't know. Absolutely not. I don't okay. think so. What, what I is the find. latest thing that you've seen him in? 
Loki. Did you happen to watch any Loki behind the scenes? Uh, there's like a behind the scenes documentary that goes along with it. Um, yes. You did happen to see that. Yes. In that. Oh, so wait, over, this is your last over, question. Ask, Make your last Tom, question. Tom Hiddleston asked uh, Owen Wilson if he had ever performed Shakespeare. And what was his answer? His answer was that it was nice that Hiddleston thought it was possible that he might have performed Shakespeare. And in that documentary, he said that he's never hold, done any Shakespeare. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mike, hold yeah. on. We can't, uh -huh. You have three questions and you burned them all already. But oh, okay. that was, but that, I think we've got like the gist of it. And I have, we all have, <laughs> we all have one more question. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Genevieve, you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Armageddon. I couldn't remember the, the, the movie was Armageddon. Thank you, Drew. Okay. I don't remember that. Um, it's not that great of a movie. No, I remember Armageddon. I just don't remember him. Yeah. I guess that's directed I, I, by Ben Affleck. I, I can't believe you. I can't believe you brought that Armageddon up because I think that the woman who gets killed at the beginning was the person whose husband I got into a big fight with on Twitter. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, I yeah, remember that. that. Like, yeah, that's the a, moment where that, like you really you like outdid yourself with the shit posting. <laughs> really, that, that was like that was the craziest I'd ever got when. Um, Acevedo, that guy from Band of Brothers, got but but it was it was the the because uh, I insulted hit the woman who was in Armageddon, the first one to die in Armageddon. So I just wanted to point that out. If that helps. Assuming your story is true, were you surprised by Owen Wilson's capacity for comedic acting, considering the circumstances that you met him under? Um. It's weird. I just didn't even connect the guy I saw in the movies with the guy that I had kind of heard this bullshit story about the pregnant girlfriend from uh, back in 1989. So I, I like, you know, he, he, uh, I, I just didn't even connect it. And, it, and then when my, and then five years later, when another person who was in that class mentioned him, he said, "You realize Owen was Owen Wilson?" I said, "Oh, oh." Yeah, of course he was. So um, I think that what probably happened with uh, Owen is that um, he was used to being kind of improvisational in a lot of performance stuff that he did. And Shakespeare, you've got to learn the lines. I mean, you can be improvisational, but you still got to learn the material. Okay. Can I ask my question? Who said out damn spot? Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's a Macbeth reference. Yeah, but I, you. I, yeah, yeah, but it, yes, exactly. Thank you, Kate, for backing me up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, I think it might be Lady Macbeth. Yeah, not bad. Uh, I, I, not, yeah, I get, you can't, you can't um, fault you at all for that answer. Okay. Let's see here. Wait, you don't get to look stuff up, Kate. What is this? Oh, I was just gonna pull some Shakespeare off the thing and see if you could tell me where it was from, but fine. 
Oh, I can still, I can, I can, I can definitely. Um, uh, no. Can you recognize this? Uh, now my co-mates and brothers in exile, hath not old custom made this life more sweet than that of painted pomp? Are not these woods more free from peril than the envious court? Here feel we not the penalty of Adam, the season's difference as the icy fang and churlish chiding of the winter's wind, which as it bites and blows upon my body, even until I shrink with cold, I smile and say, this is no flattery. These are counsels what I am. Sweet are the uses of adversity, which like the toad, ugly and venomous, which yet precious jewel in his head, and this our life, exempt from public haunt, finds tongues and trees, books and books, sermons and stones, and good and everything. Waiting for Godot. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I thought it was White Lotus. I thought it was White Lotus. It's not Midsummer, is it? No. Uh, that is from As You Like It, and it's, uh, yeah. it is uh, Duke Sr. There are two Dukes in As You Like It, the bad one and the good one, and he's the good one. Okay, so my question is, when did you work for the Apple Store? I worked for the Apple Store after I dropped out of graduate school uh, in uh, 83. Uh, and uh, there was I, an Apple store then. Apple, they they had the Mac was introduced in January of '84. Uh, so I w dropped out in '83, worked for a different computer store, and that, that was selling PCs. And then I shifted to an Apple store when the Mac came out. And I had an Apple II myself, uh, but uh, my first wife had a Mac, bought a Mac from me. Hmm, hmm. Okay, I think we have to vote. Final, final. You have time. I mean, you have a lot of time here. No, yeah, but but we 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 have conversation after the truth is revealed. So, I see. I, I can't vote in the poll, but people should go and change their votes. I, and then, uh, what are you thinking, Scott? Truth or lie? I am. I have to say, I am just. So, I mean, <clears throat> as you know, my job is pure reason. Um, and I am really um, flummoxed here because on the one hand, I, on the one hand, the story you tell is absurd. Um, 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 on the other hand, um, uh, like nobody's that good at lying. Um, uh, so I'm just, uh, it's really, I, 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 I want to critique your pure reason, but I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesus. Yeah. He, 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 he's, he's, uh, I, I think he's telling the truth. I think he's a Shakespearean actor because it, it did just, I don't know, either that or I'm definitely not, um, going into business with you. Okay. Genevieve. I'm going to say it's true. No, Just, I'm going to say that it's false. If the essential part of the story, I think that you did all, I think you did Shakespeare for four summers, but I don't think that Owen Wilson ever, ever did it with you or overlapped with you in his doing it. I don't think that he, that he was the thing. That's, I think that that's a lie. Um, And just so we, before you tell us, I'm going to say is, that's pretty split, Mike. 
It's like 52. It's like 28. Yeah, it's like 50 50. People don't know. Um, wait, stop. Oh, wait. Yes. Um, interesting. Wait. Uh, okay. What, oh, wait, what wait, you, wait, 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 wait. Is Mike Godwin lying? I, which one did I say? I said, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the man of reason, everyone. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm just going to say, Scott, your, you pure, said your truth. pure reason is impractical. Uh, wait, so, so I, I said he was not lying. You said it was, he was not lying. And if, okay. that, yeah, I, I voted, I voted yes, because <laughs> obviously yes because i think it's true but is the question was is mike godwin lying so i would switch it to no he is not lying. okay okay well it's i don't think it's happened 30 votes for yes 30 votes for no mike what is what is it there is a lie in the story that i told and it is a central lie Ooh, you never went to law school <laughs> what is it? Um, so Owen Wilson was actually a student in the same class as me in 1989. Ooh. And uh, he really did get sent home because he couldn't make himself learn his lines. <laughs> and I did not replace him. Oh, fair. But but, well, I, I don't know. That's if I had replaced him, I think I would have had a movie career. You no, wait a second. <laughs> but, but that's that's like a purely like accidental thing, you know. The fact that you like intersected with Owen Wilson doing Shakespeare, I think, really counts as being like the essence of the story. I I kind of agree. I kind of agree with 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 uh, with Scott. So does that mean we have a second poll question to determine whether the essential element of the story is true yeah. or false? Yes. I think right. that's of course, right. no, of course, we if you have to do a poll on a question of essentialism, what kind of essentialism is it really? It's a, it's a, it's oh, a, yeah. poll, it's a poll essentialism, obviously. Well, listen. Um, uh, oh, that's just not uh, essentialism. You know, to me. No, you know, well, it's pole essentialism, which I just made up. Well, we're but, empirical. Uh, we're empirical philosophers here, Mike. So just deal right, with yeah. it. Right, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you, Kate. Um, but so I, that's the thing. In first, we were like now we're acting as a court, kind of like before we were a jury, mm -hmm. like assessing truth and falsity. Now we're trying. Th that was question of fact. Now we're at question of law, whether this oh, goes. Good point. To, no, I think the question is a mixed question of fact and law, which is- They're favorite. all mixed questions of fact and law. <laughs> At this particular <laughs> point, it's 2021, guys. As a as, as jurists, we can do whatever we want. Right. Certainly, you know, uh, if you're a Texas legislature, you can kind of- Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to say that, Genevieve, I hope you know that it, you've, it's always, you as- even before 2021, you could, the court could always do whatever it wanted. So there's like, Mar Marbury versus Madison. I'm gonna yeah. do what I like. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, well, the yeah. trick in Marbury, the trick in Marbury is that the court does not do. 
the court the court's action is inaction. That's why it works. Mm-hmm. Right, much like uh, the court's overruling of Roe versus Wade. Um, sort of. <laughs> also in Texas. Lots of mm-hmm. negative, also, negative, uh, negative capability. Yeah. I have a follow-up. Right, yeah, right. Negative, you are just you are something else. I have a I have a good I have a good follow up story a, a quick addendum. When I was in and you can tell me you can guess whether this is truth or a lie. When I was mm, like twenty seven, I went to a conference in Italy, and John came with me. And he wanted to go home like a little bit earlier. He had to go back to work. And I wanted to stay and hang out in Rome and then go and like visit France afterwards and see some friends. So I stayed and I dropped him off at the train station. I went back to like where our hostel was or like apartment. And I went around the corner to this really great place that had people had told me you could get a sandwich in and I sat down at the bar to have a sandwich and I turned to my left and I was sitting next to Owen Wilson. Is that true? I'm gonna say true. Oh, um... No, it's true. It's like obviously a okay. true story. <laughs> like, why no, he I, shows like, up. I mean, there's a thing. It's, uh, Owen Wilson shows up at various places and then He's leaves. like Kevin Bacon, apparently, with you and me, Mike. I know. Well, the I, other thing is, Kate, did I even mention the cognitive side graduate school? No, I maybe I did. No, you didn't. I didn't know that, Mike. That's funny. Yeah, I yeah. think I, uh, I did mention the reaction time paradigm at one well, point. Yeah. Uh, Don't you have an Owen Wilson story, Scott? Um, and why, well, if not, why not? Uh, um, I don't have an Owen Wilson story, but I was in an elevator with Kevin Bacon. Wait, really? Yeah, I li- like, yeah, he, uh, I, literally in an elevator. He, my wife, um, Kevin Bacon, and his dog. So I have like zero. But no, I have one degree separation. And I have an er- I have an Erdos number. I, 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 do you know about Erdos numbers? No. Of course. Doesn't everyone? No, I don't. Okay. So there was a citation, very famous- Citation, citation. Yeah, it, there's a, there was a there was a very famous Hungarian um, mathematician named Paul Erdos, um, uh, and uh, you, he was very prolific, and he worked with many people. And you had your Erdos number, which was the number of people you were separated, people who you co-authored with, who then co-authored with people who co-authored with people who co-authored with okay. Erdos. So my I have a Erdos number of three. Um, Got it. I'm just just saying. Yeah. Is that is that a surprisingly low number? Well, actually, an Erdos number of two. Right. I, um, yes, it's a very I have an Erdos number of two, and that's a low number. Okay. Um, uh, and that's the true story because, like, that would be way too boring to lie about. <laughs> um, well, Mike. What's going on with you these days? How are you? How is the the life of internet lawyering? Well, you know, it's funny. I actually uh, am doing more content uh, moderation issues than ever before because uh, I work for TikTok. And um, 
it's really I can't tell you anything about it except that uh, it's fun um, and uh, super interesting. Can I ask a general question, Mike? Like, how how are you enjoying it, and is it surprising to you the issues that you're getting faced with? Um, so I am enjoying it, and the issues in many ways don't surprise me because they are just new iterations of long-standing user-generated content. They're all that, you know, we've been writing about this stuff for, at least I've been writing about 30 years. So it's, uh, you know, there's not, there, there are some things that are new under the sun, for example. Uh, you know, I can now, I'm now training to do the Elena Cruz shuffle for my next tip. I can't hear you. Oh, 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 you mean, yeah, for some reason your mic's coming in and out, Mike. Um, Sorry, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna learn a shuffle. I'm going to do a shuffle in a TikTok video. Are, so, can, are, are, are we allowed to believe what he's saying? I mean, I don't, but you can go ahead and do whatever, you, you know, your God tells you. Scott. When you do the shuffle, Mike, you have to do it while quoting Shakespeare. Raise the level of shuffle. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you should do some Shakespeare. That'd be fun. So hold on, tell me about what's going on with TikTok because that's actually, if you can, like I'm actually kind of interested. A couple of years ago when they were starting out and people were using it for political, where are you going? Oh, there you are. I, remember, <laughs> remember, I'm actually sitting on the floor of our empty living room. So I have ah. to reposition myself. Yeah. Um, I'm TikTok had a whole kind of like we don't want our, we don't want to be, we just want to be fun videos. We don't want to be political speech. And I was like, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and I think that that was in like the early, that was like, that was early, early, the first couple of months they were available in the US. I am sure that they have gotten a little bit more sophisticated since then. There's a lot of political speech that happens at TikTok. Yes, I know. Yes. Like, yeah. And, it was uh, a, it was a really, it was like a, it was like a crazy, it was a crazy, it was a notion of people who had never contemplated really content moderation, who were, it was very new that was at the platform. I, I think they were, you know, a lot of, like a lot of platforms, you know, they, they, they appear and then people figure out how to use them. And as uh, William Gibson says, the street finds its own uses for things. Yeah. Uh, and so people find their own uses for TikTok. Uh, and I, I know that we recently expanded TikTok videos to three minutes, which to me, I could write a novel, I think. And, you know, in that long of a TikTok, you can do a lot with a three minute TikTok. Um, and then, uh, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, we, we, you know, we recognize that political speech is going to happen and we support it, generally speaking. Uh, yeah. I, I, there was that. Um, also, Taylor Swift. By the way, Taylor Swift now on TikTok, ahead of in lieu of fun. I'm just going to point that out. We have Taylor Swift before you did. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, it, it's true, but we weren't trying. Oh yeah. um, yes, you were. She's been invited for many, many mystery guests on dates. That was all. That was all marketing. It was never real. <laughs> Um, we, 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 we never really tried. Um, but I, I like that, that I'm not quite sure what the rules are like of this. Now this part, like I, I feel like 
I would like to know what like actually is true when we ask Mike things, but if he could lie now, kind of. He knows the truth telling part. Yeah, right. Now is the truth telling part. So it would be great to know, like, do you well, really work for TikTok? Yes, he does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I just don't, I like, everything's been so destabilized for me. Well, to um, quote Taylor Swift, you know, uh, I stay out too late. I got nothing in my brain. At least that's what people say. That's what people okay. say. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't exactly think that was responsive. Um, but, did, um, uh, but did you see in the New York Times, there was a story about how Russia has um, co-opted TikTok um, uh, no, it was in terms of Syria. There was a, um, was it the Times uh, that now um, uh, kind of um, uh, disinformation about Syrian genocide and chemical attacks are now moving on to TikTok? Am I am I just imagining this? No, I, I no no. I, 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 this is interesting. Yeah, I hadn't. Um, it's a real it, thing. I mean, and it was actually quite chilling to see um the the videos and um uh to because like there's one thing to like i mean to to lie about the gassing of innocent civilians is i mean you know that's pretty ghastly um yeah yeah uh, there's um i mean this is kind of this is kind of one of the reasons that it was always kind of a specious aim, at least if they were telling people this, uh, that they were going to not be political. Because obviously, yes, as William Gibson says, like your people will use it however you want. But Mike, you look like you're about to say something. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to comment on this, but then I recognize that in my role, I really can't. So uh, I guess I've just got a blank space, baby. So I'll just write your name. It's yeah. Also, non-response strike is non-responsive. Yeah, I am mean, <laughs> loving. I am loving the Taylor quotes, though. <laughs> I'm very, very impressed, Mike. Uh, well, look, you know, once you learn, once you learn a lot of Shakespeare, Taylor Swift can pick it up pretty fast. Yeah. Well, I was really impressed with with. Did I want to know? Did did Larky get it right in asking you? Did he like? Did he kind of? Did he kind of? point to what made you think of so, like so larky so so larky i think identified what he thought was the source of my prevarication uh which was uh which was uh this making of video that accompanied the loki miniseries and I do dimly recall that something, and it's been reported in a bunch of places that Hiddleston and, you know, Hiddleston has performed a ton of Shakespeare and, uh, and uh, Owen Wilson, as we know, has not. Uh, so, uh, so there's some dialogue about that, but Owen, Owen Wilson says he, if, if Owen Wilson says, and I don't remember this precisely, that he never performed Shakespeare, that's technically correct. He did not perform Shakespeare because we sent him home before he... he... Yeah. I mean, I'm 
I've never really understood, just as an aside, like then that how people memorize lines. Like oh, it's hard. It's hard, and and by the way, it gets harder as you get older. Uh, I have found, or it gets it got harder for me as I got older. But the way I learned lines in a hurry was writing them down again and again. So actually, oh. the process of writing on paper uh, sticks the, sticks them in my brain. Yeah, that yeah, that that that's how I I would um, I would write out. So I was in, insane about being prepared for giving talks at faculties. So not only I, like I would write out questions and answers, and I would write them out so that I had them memorized. Um, I I was so nervous. I when I was doing my job talk, it was like before I'd had a ton of, like, before I'd done 500 hours of public speaking, <laughs> like, live <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> I, I, I mooted you. I know, I know, and I was so green. I was, like, so, so green, but, like, I, I, like, I taped mine, I read the entire thing, and I taped it, and I played it but, over and over and over, like, over and again. So by the time I actually had to go give job talks, I had it completely memorized. So what, what, I, what, I, what I have done, and I've done a, a lot of, uh, I've given a lot of talks, um, on almost all occasions, I would, like, over-prepare my notes for the talks, and then I would get up and not look at my notes, but it, they were internalized, but it wasn't memorized in the sense of like a prepared speech where I had memorized, you know, like Shakespeare. It was that I knew what I knew the story I was telling and it was all kind of there in my brain and I might tell it in a different order from the one I'd written it down. And I would think of jokes to tell in the middle of telling the story. And so I, it, there's an improvisational component in almost all of my uh, public talks. I, I heard a great, I had a great, um, is it Duke Ellington or Ella Fitzgerald or something? Is that like my jazz, my guitar teacher said is that the best improvisation is a memorization. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's like kind of, I mean, like I totally, like you get close like you get the gist of it, but you don't like do it like exactly. I think that that's right. I mean, um, well, I how many times have you been? Think of all the times you've been in a conference when some um, when some clown gets up and reads an article, and it is the most miserable experience for the people yeah, in the audience. It's uh, it's unbearable. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a that's a standard thing in philosophy when I was a grad student. Oh, really? Is that oh, yeah, what they, they do? They all they did. It was the st it, like nobody did anything but this. You would sit there for the first hour and the person would read the article to you. And then the second hour, you would ask questions about it. And at various places like the University of Michigan, in order to empower the grad students, they were required to, for the first 20 minutes to ask the first questions. So these poor grad students would be forced to because you're not you're not given the paper ahead of time you're like the person just reading a complex philosophical thing to you and then you're required to fill up 20 minutes of questions you're joking and you're supposed no. to like like you're supposed to just like absorbed it yeah and and you know how like philosophy is like 1a 1a prime 1a double prime 1a prime sub one and and like and then you, you like as a grad student you would be like 
so nervous. Well, um, it reminds me of this, you know, it reminds me of uh, the philosophy of language uh, lecture where the, the 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 philosopher was doing a speech and he said and he's finding that you know that uh, uh, he, he he pronounces that uh, while in some natural languages uh, uh, like English yeah. double negative is a positive and other natural languages like French a double negative is a negative but there's no natural language in which uh, double positive is a negative and the person in the audience says yeah yeah yeah, right. That, that, that's that's Sidney Morgenbesser, who is um, the Sidney Morgenbesser was the yeah yeah guy, and the philosopher was um, supposed supposed to be J L Austin, um, and that's you know one of the great all time lines of. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, um, good. Yeah, but Morgenbesser would be one of those guys. I mean, that's the thing about like you kind of don't appreciate like different different disciplines have different ways of um, transmitting knowledge. And in philosophy, it was extremely uh, oral. So everything would be about listening to the paper and then having conversation and it really prized um, oral uptake. So for example, I can't read books. I can only, I, well, I mean, I, I mean, I can read books, but I rarely read books. I, read, I, 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 I I listen. I listen to books. I I listen to books at three times speed that's, because, because uh, I well, that's the way. The, I was, isn't the uh, isn't the uh, uh, etymology of uh, pedagogy just walking around talking? Yeah, that's right. Right. It, like, uh, um, what's the um, not, uh, yeah. Um, that's who, distinct um, from the entomology of pedagogy pedagogy which is walking around talking with bugs and yeah but that is uh, uh, uh the, the, par the peripatetics the peter the peripatetics were yeah, the students were. of aristotle because no not because they were peripatetic um because they were peripatetic <laughs> they would walk around with uh, aristotle talking roll around i think yeah. we should do we should do a philosophy like I don't know. Um, I think that Paula sent me a note a couple of a couple of weeks ago asking Scott if you could kind of do an international law like like um, uh, thing, and if we could do it. And I was thinking actually, Ona should come on back again, and we should do that. I mean, like, so we should do something like that. But I was thinking as you were talking that it would also be really fun to bring back like what like to bring back like someone trained in classic philosophy, like in philosophy. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, I mean, I, different than Josh, although Josh is, but like Josh, I'm speaking of Josh, no, but like, yeah, it would be really, it would just be fun to kind of like break up the disciplines. Cause like international law is not like law law and like philosophy is not like law law, but like they're adjacent. And so it would be really fun to kind of move us in that direction. Uh, I feel like we get a lot of national security and like con law. Uh, I, I would I would love that. So, for example, I have um, you know Sam Moyne, my colleague, just came out with a new book, um, which was reviewed in the New Yorker called Humane. Um, oh yeah, and it was, yeah, about we the laws of war. On. Yeah, and it's a kind of it's his attempt to reconstruct how we got to the forever wars. And he's been doing a great podcast with 
um, David, David, right? David, right, yeah. exactly. So um, um, I, he's supposed to, he was supposed to come on tomorrow, but it, it turns out that we, we couldn't do it. But next week he'll come on. So he, he, that, that's international law stuff. And he's- Can I just he's, jump in and say that, that, that J.L. Austin did have a sense of humor because Austin named a book Sense and Sensibilia. Yeah, that's right. So Jay, was, Jane Austen had written Sense and Sensibility, so Jay Austen wrote Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, he, he, so so he was a he was a, like an Austen Jane Austen like um, um, a file. Not, yeah, Stan. He was Stan. he was it right? Yeah, right. Exactly. And he, so that was a big thing. But he he had like the one of the best titles for any book um, ever, which was How to Do Things with Words. Um, and that's where the whole speech act theory stuff started, though he was. Yeah, he gave us John Searle. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm it waiting for pride and precedent. Very nice. That's nice. Very nice. That's a good one to go out on. I think, okay, so I think we're going to wrap it at six o'clock. Mike Godwin, you're a great American, a better Texan. A fantastic truth teller, shitty liar, <laughs> and uh, welcome. You're welcome back anytime. It was fun to hang out with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Twenty-two hours and no, twenty-three hours from now with um, Dominic Parker. Um, who just wrote a book called The Power of Us with Jay Van Bavel, who's um, going to be talking about kind of the ways in which human identification inform basically our collect us at every level from like the molecular to the to our like societal organization. Um, and that will be 22 hours and 59 minutes from now. And until then, Mike. Ooh. No, no, we got to do the line, Mike. <laughs> oh, is that just going to be it? <laughs> no, we don't have fun anymore. You're asking me, we don't have fun anymore, but we do find new uses for our old philosophy readings and current uh, video casts and many modern jokes. Very Fantastic. Good. Thank you so much.